we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount where it mentions sometimes the kingdom of God. And so we want to look more particularly at that subject. And so behind me, you may see here in a moment a chart that's called the Eisenhower chart. And it's kind of a way to manage time, if you want to think of it that way, where you uh, base it on what's urgent and what's important. And so there in the bottom right, that would be what's not urgent and what's not important. And so these things we would just want to delete. We don't, we don't need to worry about these things. Where if something's urgent and it's not important, like in the top right, then maybe that's something that would be um, delegated to someone else that they can do. Where um, if it's important and it's not urgent, maybe that's something you put on your to-do list and say, I'm going to do it at this day, at this time. And what we really need to worry about and focus on is what's urgent and important. And my goal is to show you that the kingdom of God is both urgent and important. And so we're going to look at two parables in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 26, where, um, where I believe that you can see that the kingdom of God is both urgent and important. So that's Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Right? And in there it says, The kingdom of God is like this. A man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, although he doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself. First the blade, then the head, and then the full grain on the head. As soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle, for the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable can we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, that when sown upon the soil is the smallest of all the seeds on the ground. And when sown, it comes up and grows taller than all the garden plants, and produces large branches, so that the birds of the sky can nest in its shade. All right, so this this shows two parables. I think the first one kind of shows the urgency of the kingdom of God, and the second, the importance. And so first, we're just going to look at this first parable that's in verses 25 to 29. First, look at um, verse 28, where it shows a natural, observable progression. Where it says, first the blade, then the head, then the full grain on the head. There's something to observe with the kingdom of God, and also with our own lives. We could think of each crop as our own lives, and how when we develop as Christians, we're able to see growth. First, we may begin as a spiritual infant, which has different characteristics than being a spiritual child, and then different characteristics even with a spiritual young adult, and then an adult. And these stages um, are marked by different things that we can see, such as a dependency, maybe as, as more of a child and infant, maybe more of an ignorance at that stage, and then growing into um, having service and intentionality. And with these different stages, we should probably have different expectations. If we know someone who's a spiritual infant, then we should be more gracious than, um, than someone who's a spiritual adult. And in the same way, the kingdom of God is, is observable, that we can see it growing. Um, we can, it's not taking place without the ability to be recognized. You can think of a seed, how when it becomes a plant, there's going to be fruit. 
or maybe a nut, or there's a flower that we can, we can see as it starts to bloom. Um, in another place in Mark, it talks about, as a fig tree, the branches becoming tender and the leaves sprout, and so we know that summer is near. In the same way, we can observe parts of the kingdom of God. But that's not to ignore that there are parts of what God's doing and parts of God's kingdom that we can't see at all. You can think about a plant also and that there's roots underneath the surface, and they're siphoning up water through the stem and absorbing nutrients, and we can't see all of this going on. And, and God is the one who brings the growth, and so oftentimes he's doing things out of what's visible. And the reason we want to observe this, and the reason that God has allowed us to observe this, is to see when, when um, the kingdom of God is coming closer. And while we see that there is a progression in the, the growth of the kingdom of God, that it's going to be much more um, sudden, and Jesus comes back. And, um, and so look with me in the next verse, where it starts out, it says, as soon as the crop is ready. And then it says, he sends for the sickle, because the harvest has come. And so right away, when everything's ready, there's going to be um, the return of Christ, where he brings back, um, brings together those who are his those who have trusted in him. And so to prepare for a sudden event, we should be alert and we should maximize time. We shouldn't just be alert because he's coming back. We should be alert because we love that he's coming back and we should hopefully see the greatness of God's kingdom. And because of seeing the greatness of his kingdom and the greatness of what Jesus has done, we should serve God each year. We don't know how many years we have left, whether um, we're at this stage of life or the other, even as a college student, that I don't know how many years um, are ahead of me, so I want to maximize each of them. Serve God each season, even in a season where COVID-19 prevails and maybe it's a lot more monotony than usual, maybe a little bit more difficult to find motivation. We should serve God each week, even when we're on vacation, whether it's Thanksgiving break or Christmas break coming up, we shouldn't take days off of, um, of spending time with the Lord, even, even when um, going in a different setting, that we should still prioritize seeking him in prayer and in reading his word. We should serve God even um, each day, whether it's um, a day where maybe you didn't have coffee in the morning so you don't feel as energized, or, um, or just it's not a typical part of the routine, we should serve God each hour, whether it's nighttime and you're a morning person or whether you're a morning person and, um, or whether it's the morning and you're, an, you're a night owl. We should serve God each minute. I think about um, there's a Cadoba on campus at Virginia Tech. It's kind of an off-brand Chipotle. And when I'm in line there, some of the most valuable moments of my day may be just meditating on God's word as standing in line. So we should take each minute um, and use it for his glory. We should serve God each second. It might even just be a couple words of scripture that, we're, uh, that we could spend those seconds looking at. And we should serve God always. And this is the key to being alert, to not take a moment off from serving God. If you could turn with me to uh, just a few pages to the right, to Mark 13 and verse 34. It shows the importance of being alert.
And that's Mark 13, 32. Sorry, that's 34. So starting in verse 34, it says, It is like a man on a journey who left his house, gave authority to his servants, gave each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at the crowing of the rooster or early in the morning. Otherwise, when he comes, suddenly, he may find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. So here, Christ is telling us that we should always be awake. Not in the literal sense. This would probably be impossible for more than a couple days, and that would be some rough days. But, uh, but rather, we should always be acting as if Christ could come back. Always be ready that if he were to come back, we wouldn't be ashamed or embarrassed of how we were using our time. And maybe, um, as we saw in Mark 4, um, and you can turn back there. We won't need to be um, in Mark 13 anymore. But in, in this first parable, um, this man is sleeping and rising night and day, maybe in a literal sense. But if you can think about it as maybe a season um, where this seed is growing, um, that he would, he would maybe be embarrassed if night and day um, in these different seasons that Christ were, were to return if that season isn't being used um, to serve God in the way that it should be. And, um, and so what if, what if he were to come um, when day-to-day we're not sharing the gospel like we should, whether it's those that we're encountering in person or if it's those that we're encountering on a Zoom call? What if we're loving our families poorly from day to day, and, and Christ um, finds us that there. Or if we're living life just in a way that serves ourselves. And, um, and so I just, I just think about, like, is there any time in the, in the last week when we've acted in a way that we, we shouldn't, um, that, that if Christ were to return, that he would find us, um, in a sense, sleeping? So just remember that, um, that in verse 29, maybe thinking back to that, it says, as soon as. It's going to be sudden. And another way, other than being alert, that we can be ready for this is to maximize our time. In my own life, I know that so often that I'll wait for just the next time to, to share the most, um, to make the most of a moment or to share the gospel with a friend or family member. And just opportunity after opportunity may pass. And then before I know it, it's, just, it's the end of my time with that person who doesn't know God and who still doesn't know God because I haven't been faithful to share with them. There's a, there's a song um, by Casting Crowns, one of my favorite bands of all time, that, um, that's titled Here I Go Again. And it's about um, sharing the gospel. It says, because here I go again, talking about the rain, and mulling over things that won't live past today. And as I dance around the truth, time is not his friend. This might be my last chance to tell him that you love him. And so I just, I think about maybe people that I'm on staff with as an RA or in classes with, or even family members that I, I want to share the gospel with them, but I always think, well, there's next time. And, uh, and we, we're not promised next time. Even uh, maybe for some of you, I know for me that this Thanksgiving and maybe the holidays in general are going to look different than they typically would. And um, I think that this year especially is a a time when we can recognize that things aren't always going to be the exact same. Maybe Thanksgiving 
involved a little bit more masks, maybe not seeing some family. Maybe it was staying home instead of traveling somewhere. So I would just encourage you to to make the most of, of each moment. To live the most as if, to live as if the moment you're in isn't guaranteed, because it isn't. We never know when he's coming back. And as soon as he does choose to come back, it's going to be sudden. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 to 17, describe what it's going to be like. It says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is such an incredible picture of Christ coming back. And I think that even though we've only looked at one of the two parables, that this might be a point where if Pastor Sean was speaking, he'd say, it's time to head out, that we can go home now. But, uh, but we've looked at the motivation of being alert because the master is going to come back at any second. And this is kind of a motivation that, that says, do this or don't do this because this is going to happen. And kind of maybe a little bit of fear. And, and this, is, this is maybe a good sense of fear. But there's more. We should also have the motivation of seeing the greatness of the kingdom of God. And I think we see this in the second parable. So we're going to look now at verses 30 to 32. And I encourage you, um, as we look at this, um, my point here is to prioritize the kingdom of God because it's important. Augustine, who was an influential theologian born in the 4th century AD, described two cities, an earthly city and a heavenly city. And so when we look at the heavenly city, it's a long ways off. Maybe for some of us it looks like it's... um, It's very far away. And the earthly city is right in front of us. So it seems bigger. It's it's right here. We're we're zoomed in. But this shouldn't be a reason to cast aside the heavenly city because one day it's going to be big. But we do recognize it is small now. Think about um, what's used in this parable. It's a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on the ground. There are other important important things around us, other things that we maybe recognize a little bit more readily. Maybe think sports are important. The NBA draft the other week was watched by many people, and sports are a place where millions of dollars are transacted from one person to another, one team to another. I know that my water resources labs and the flumes in them are only paid for because of the Virginia Tech football stadium. Sports are, are very influential. And not only that, I mean, there's, there's government is important. The election we just underwent and continue to undergo is, uh, is going to impact when businesses and maybe jobs and schools re, reopen, reopen uh, when people can go back in person to those things. The Supreme Court makes decisions that impact our day-to-day lives. All are subject to the powerful force of government. Health is important. Our own personal health, um, it it influences what we can and can't do. It sometimes limits just even the basic parts of life. 
It influences our ability to, to help people. There are many important things in this world that, um, that ask for our attention. And it's not to diminish these things to say that the kingdom of God is all important, but rather we should see these as important and we should just see the kingdom of God as, as higher than these. That one day everything's going to be shown as lesser in light of the view of the kingdom of God. Because behind sports, politics, and health is a seed that's one day going to be larger than all the others. It's going to come up and grow taller than all the other garden plants. So we should view these initiatives, purposes, goals right now through the lens of the kingdom of God. God sees these through a time scale we're not on. He, he sees it, and it's in light of everything that will happen in the future. And so we should try to have that perspective too. When we were looking at um, the Sermon on the Mount, we looked at the Lord's Prayer, and it provides a model for how we should pray. The size of the kingdom of God should change what we pray for. Yes, we should ask that our team would win when we're in the huddle before a game. And sure, ask for the candidate that you voted for to be elected, and ask for your health to be made right again. Those are things we should want. But don't only ask for things in light of this earthly kingdom, just what we see, but rather ask that God's purposes and his kingdom would come, that we could see his kingdom through the one that we're in right now. We should pray for God's glory to be known and his purposes carried out as we pray for these other things that are um, more immediate and more of what we see right now. Because whether we win that football game or soccer game, whatever sport, or whether that game is lost, Christ still reigns. We were singing about this a minute ago, that whatever, whatever outcome that, um, that Christ is, is king and reigns, that he's seated on the throne. Whether Trump is president or whether Biden is president, Christ reigns. Whether we're plagued with sickness in our bodies or whether we're thriving in health, Christ reigns. And in all these things, no matter the outcome, whatever state we're in here on earth, we should be able to benefit um, the world around us through um, our successes and even that they could see God more through our failures, that we could live that kind of life. Because we see this tree, and it's not just flourishing in itself, but it's growing branches that are now providing a place that these birds can nest. It's providing shade to, to the area around it. And so I think it's such a beautiful picture of how we can look as Christians, and those, the citizens of the kingdom of God can be a light wherever we go, whether it's our workplace, our school, um, or, or wherever kingdom citizens go, that we could provide that shade that our works, workplaces or schools or wherever we're going would be better because we're there. That we would provide, um, as, as it talks about in Matthew, just to be the salt of the earth, that that meat is preserved. And in the same way that the earth is preserved, the good that's in the earth is preserved because we're in it. I remember hearing my parents talk about... Um, if they had invested in such and such stock back when they first saw it, that um, this or that, whatever the outcome, that if they had seen this coming back in the past, that they would be better off in the present. And I, I think it's a great idea to think, what if I, ha- I could see the future from where I am now? 
I think in this parable, we get to see into the future a little bit. Maybe we see just a mustard seed today, and we see the kingdom of God, and it's, it's at work. We can observe it, but we don't see how big it's going to be today necessarily. But Christ tells us right here, it's going to be big. It's going gonna, it's gonna to really blow up. Um, if, if we're talking about the stock market, it's, it's really going to increase. And, uh, and so in, invest there. Don't invest where, um, where, where things won't be um, in the end. And as we talked about in, in the um, Sermon on the Mount, that in, put your treasure is, put your treasure in, um, in things that aren't going to rust or fade. Because um, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And so as we turn to Christmas, we're going to be looking at where this kingdom of God first collides with earth, and that is in the person of Jesus. And Mark records, or at least the first words that Mark records that Jesus says are in Mark 1.15. It says where Jesus says, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So what do we do when the kingdom of God has come near? And Jesus says that it has. It it had 2,000 years ago. We should repent and believe the good news. And so whether it's the first time or whether it's been many years and you just need to continue to, um, repent and believe the good news. So what is repentance? Maybe God says to walk one way and we've turned the other way. Then, uh, Then we should turn back. And that, that's repentance, to turn, turn back and do what God's commanded. Believing the good news. That would be to believe that Jesus came to earth, that he lived without doing any wrong, and he died to save those who did wrong, which is all of us, and um, to make a way that anyone who would confess him as Lord would, could have eternal life. And for those of you who have already done this, we should live as if, what we say we believe, we really believe. That if we really believe that the kingdom of God is going to be bigger than every other earthly kingdom, that we should put our investment there. The kingdom of God is proud. And so let's live in light of the urgency and importance of the kingdom of God. I'm going to ask Pastor Sean to come up, and he's going to provide some information that anyone who would like to take any further steps or be connected um, can do so. And one of the things that you hate about church is how touchy-feely it is, okay? Some, you know, there are guys that don't like coming to church because they feel like it's too emotional and it's a woman's place to feel, it's my place to think, all right? So let's put it as rationally and directly as we can. As you think about all of your priorities over the next month, everything you have to accomplish, go through this list and put them on the scale. Packages, presents to wrap, things to bake, stuff to get done at work before the end of the year, all of those things. What we've seen from God's word this morning is that all of those things, although they may seem important at the time and all of the, although they may seem urgent at the time, truly the one thing that deserves to be in that top left that is most urgent and most important for us is living for the kingdom of God. 